With this week's Press Luncheon Audio, you're going to hear from linebacker Nate Landman, offensive athlete LaVisca Chanel Jr., quarterback Steve Montes, and head coach Mike McIntyre. We have inside linebacker Nate Landman, and we will open it up to questions. Nate, uh, how are you going to prepare for two quarterbacks, whether one starts or the other? Um, you know, we, we do a great job of having a great scout team. Um, our quarterbacks do a great job. Of, they have two quarterbacks, running quarterback, throwing quarterback. Um, our scout team does a great job of simulating that. Um, we're ready for both of them. And, yeah. And obviously, you guys gear up for every game, but is it different? Is there a different feel this week knowing it's Pac-12 and yeah, this is what you guys have been waiting for all season? Yeah, definitely. Um, Pac-12 play is huge. Um, you know, we want to relive that 2016 and get back to the Pac-12 uh, championship, and it starts now. Um, you know, UCLA is a great team. Uh, we prepared hard for them. The bye week was great. Uh, we can't wait to get out there. Hey, as a defender watching your own offense, um, these practice games, what have you noticed is the biggest change for these guys that's made in this part? Um, they they go fast. Uh, we have this term called Folsom Fast. Um, you know, we, we run it every day in practice. Um, their speed and the way they turn over plays is, is, is incredible. Um, they're super athletic. Our offensive line um, is out there moving. Our uh, quarterback, Montez, is taking charge. Um, I think their speed and the leadership they have on there um, is making them really explosive this year. You feel a higher level of intensity going on in this locker room through the bye week and now into the game against UCLA? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, it's, it's every week. Um, having those three games back to back, you know, people are just going on uh, with the preparing for each team and having that having that break. Everybody's ready to get back out there, uh, watching a lot of college football on the weekend and wishing you're out there playing. Um, it's been great. Uh, everybody's definitely excited, and I think uh, we're gonna we're gonna go out there and play hard on on Friday. Nate, you grew up on the West Coast. Did you, did you watch Chip Kelly's teams play when you were growing up? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, when he was at Oregon and everything. Um, he's a great coach. Uh, he has a great staff. Uh, they have, um, you know, he's, uh, he's getting that team ready. They've had a tough, tough schedule. Um, their, their record obviously isn't what they wanted, but they've had a tough schedule. They're a super athletic team. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely no doubt he's going to have them ready. Anything else for Nate? As you guys have gone back and just kind of reviewed the first three games, what really stood out to you that you guys did well on defense, and what stood out to you that just didn't go well defensively? Um, I thought against CSU, uh, we played a pretty sound game. Uh, you know, football is definitely a game where there's mistakes are going to be made. Um, we had one turnover, one turnover that game. Uh, going on to week two and three, our turnovers really exploded, um, and that's definitely one of the goals is our defense. Uh, tackling is still there. We still miss a few tackles. Uh, so we've been working on that. Um, but I definitely think um, cutting down on explosive plays and making turnovers uh, has been a focus for our defense. You said you watched college football this last weekend. Was there any games that stood out to you in particular and specifically situations where you're like, wow, I wish I was out there? Yeah, you know, there's a couple close games. Um, Stanford came back. Uh, I have a couple friends that play on those teams, so it's always great watching them. Um, I can't wait to get, get out there against them. Uh, the Washington versus ASU game was a close one. Um, those two great teams. And, yeah, definitely, I'm watching all those games. Pac-12 is just a fun, fun league to watch. 
um, especially having the personal, knowing some of those guys in there. And uh, definitely wanted me to get out there and play. Okay, anything else for Nate? All right, thanks a lot. Thank you. Guys. All right, up next, we will have wide receiver LaVisca Chenault, and we will open it up to questions. LaVisca, <laughs> so, two-parter. One, how would you evaluate Coach Chevrini's quicker game? And number two, uh, what has he done to really elevate your game from where it is the nation and see? Um, his Twitter game is, is interesting to watch, and he's very inspiring, honestly. Um, you said, what was the second question? What has he done to help elevate your game to be leading receiver of the country? Uh, making sure I come to practice, ready to practice, and give him 100% on everything we do, regardless of what we're doing. And just making sure he's like giving me the right words to keep me motivated. You said after the New Hampshire game that you thought the bye week was going to be huge for you as far as like getting healthy. You and a bunch of guys needed kind of some rest. So how much did it help you? Helped me a lot, a lot. Uh, feeling way better and just ready to, ready to play. Well, I'm just going to ask you this. I don't want you to get nervous because Steve is in the room here. But uh, does Steven Montez throw a catchable football? Do he throw a catchable football? Does he catch or throw a catchable football? He's a throw for a receiver. Sometimes, sometimes. I make him look good sometimes. Nah, but uh, most definitely. He's definitely on target. Every every pass I didn't caught from him, he's been on target 100%. I can say I'm not used to it, um, but I like the pressure, so I'm just going to keep remain remain humble and just keep playing the way I'm playing. And hopefully everything just keep playing out right. Biscuit, how much fun has it been to, to learn all the different positions that you're lining up at, going from the wildcat to the H-back, to lining up wide, even sometimes in the slot, going in motion, doing all those things? Is that, is that a fun challenge? It's definitely a fun challenge because it opened up windows for me, and I basically can do everything, and I do anything that they ask for. So it's definitely fun because they, the opposite team never knows where I'm going to be, and open up a lot for me. When you look at the other defenders today, are they somebody else following you wherever you go on the field? Not yet. Do you expect that to happen? We'll see. Explain kind of your vision uh, on your field vision. Look back at that touchdown he scored against New Hampshire, right on the defender, and the other guy barreling down. You still basically went untouched in the end zone. What do you see out there? <clears throat> um, well, I ran my route, I saw the ball coming, of course, caught it. And one of them hit me in my back, but 
don't know. They, and then they just stopped, so I just went in the end zone. I don't know how to really explain it, but thank God. So you guys obviously played well through the first three games, but how excited are you just to see how good this offense is as you go against Pac-12 defenses now? Say it again? Just now that you're going against Pac-12 defenses, are you excited to see how good you guys are against tougher competition? I'm definitely excited to see what what the road got for the road ahead is for us. Um, like I said, we're just gonna see how, how everything turns out, and we definitely have been practicing to prepare for it. When you run your routes, is that your top speed, or do you have another gear after? Uh, don't know how to answer that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just depends on what route I'm running though, and. Sometimes you full. Sometimes I'm full speed. Sometimes I'm not. But yeah, like I said, it depends on what route it is. All right. Uh, I think we're going to move on to Stephen Montez. But thank you, Lavisca. Mm-hmm. Open it up to questions. Stephen, how did your trip back to El Paso go? And can you give us a scouting report on your younger brother? Oh man. I mean, I think he's the best quarterback in the nation. But I think I'm a little biased. Um, I mean, it was a great trip. It was really exactly what I wanted, exactly what I needed. I got back, got to see him play. I really only get to see him play like once a year, whenever bye week is, or last year it happened to be after the season. But, I mean, I just love watching him play. I love I love everything about his game. I think he's athletic. I think he's tough as nails. Uh, he throws a really good ball. He's about standing about six foot, but I think what he doesn't have in height, he makes up for it in in toughness and and definitely like in speed and his run game uh, fundamentals. So I think he's good. And then obviously seeing my dad is fun and seeing some of my my old friends from back home is always always a good time. This is your second full go around in the Pac-12. How much more confident and comfortable are you getting into this season as you were in um, I think I just feel a lot more comfortable just overall with the system and just with understanding and seeing what I'm seeing on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think we still got to continue to work, still got to continue to get better. And I, I kind of feel like this game is kind of just like the season starting all over again. We kind of got through uh, got through the preseason, played uh, played pretty well, and we just kind of got to get back to square one and just stay humble and, and hopefully do our thing on Friday. Yeah, I thought he's done a great job. I thought he's done a really great job just calling explosive plays. And then also when we need stuff on third down, scheming him up, I think him uh, him and Coach Adams, and they do a great job. And I think uh, they're going to put us in a lot of good situations. Steven, being on your second year, I think I'll tell on that question there. How much feedback do you get to give Clayton and Chef offensively? You, you, can you say this, this is my preference under these circumstances, or how much will they listen to you at this point? Yeah, well, I mean, if, if there's a, a play that I really don't feel comfortable with, they'll take it out and just because either we don't understand it or there's something else going on with it that's kind of messing it up a little bit. So, I mean, I kind of have a little bit of say there. But, I mean, play calling-wise, I'm not I mean, I'm not getting my school paid for to call plays. So, I'm just out there to, uh, to get the plays that they call and, and make them work to the best of my ability.
Zaliska. He's been lining up in a lot of different places. So do you get excited when the play call comes in and he's in a different spot and just kind of seeing how defenses are going to react and whether he's getting the ball or not? Just kind of excited for you. Yeah, definitely. I get really excited every time uh, Every time LaVisca's got the opportunity to catch the ball or, or get a fly sweep or any of that stuff because I know any time the ball's in LaVisca's hands, he's going to he's gonna more than likely make a play with it. Very explosive, very strong. So uh, I think any time we can uh, get the ball in a number two hands, it's going to be it's going to be good news for us. Juwan's had to face a lot of adversity here. Have you guys had to lend some support? And are, are you excited, to, anxious to kind of get him involved in the offense as well? Yeah, definitely. I definitely want to get Juwan involved. Uh, I think Tony Brown's also played well, but I've just seen Juwan's gone through a ton of stuff here in ACL and then another injury this year. So, I mean, I say I talk to him, hope keep him positive. He's going to come back and he's going to he's going to play great football for us. He just needs to uh, just needs to get healthy first. Anything else for Steven? Awesome. Thanks, Steven. Appreciate you guys. All right. Up next, we'll have head coach Mike McIntyre. Uh, coach, if you want to start with an opening statement, and then we'll open it up to questions. Yeah, we've had a, a good bye week, and uh, we're excited about the game on Friday night. Uh, you know, watching UCLA on film, uh, They've played a really tough schedule. Cincinnati's 4-0. Oklahoma's a pretty good football team, um, to say the least. And then, um, you know, Fresno State's a really good football team. And uh, so they've had a really tough – they've played a tougher schedule than we have at this point. And so, um, you know, they're the most athletic football team. I've said that three or four times that we've played so far this season. Um, they've got speed, athleticism, um, and uh, – it's going to be a really tough test for us, but we've we've prepared well, um, and our guys are excited about playing at home again on Friday night. So I'll take any questions at this time. Mike? Yes. Um, Harry Scott was discussing the criticism that uh, the conference is getting about the late starts on Thursdays and Fridays. How do they affect you, and, and do you like to see them continue right. or...? Right, I, the, you know the, the the criticism on the um, I don't I don't know I haven't seen anything I don't read anything, <laughs> um, from but you know I know there's been some late night that's been talked about since I ever came in the league the late night, the the you know the Friday night late night game if you don't have a game then you know the week before that's at night, it's really not that big a deal because you come back and you got Saturday and Sunday to recover. The hard ones are when you play, eight thirty at night like we've played it, on the West Coast. And we get back. We literally get off the bus at this facility between 5.30 and 6.30 in the morning. And then you turn around and play the next Saturday. If you're playing a away game, it's really tough. That's where I think the problem – and they did a – we talked about that as coaches and with Larry and with um, Woody and all those guys, and they've really been a, more accommodating. They've understood it. A lot of it is all television-driven, so they're kind of handicapped, and we need the television money. Our league does, so we all understand that. But they've done a really good job the last couple of years of trying to facilitate teams. Like, we're playing on a Friday night, but we had a, a bye week off, you know. And the next week we play at home, and we had a late-night game. So they've worked with a lot of teams in that way. And, you know, we don't know about the late-night games until 12 days or sometimes six days before. Um, the ones that they were able to – to place and go ahead and do um, uh, has um, they've done a really good job of organizing that I think this year more than they have in the past and I think that our 
that Larry and um, Woody and all those guys are really working well with the teams and try and, and truly understand that. But we also understand we, we're going to have to play some night games on prime time, which honestly, if you're winning games and you're playing at night, you're kind of pumped about it. Um, you'd rather play at two o'clock in the afternoon, of course. I think everybody in America would, but there's only, then we'd be back to like it was when I was in college. There's one game on, you know, um, and so this enables all of us to make money. So I kind of gave you a long answer, but I do think that our Pac-12 office is really working with us and the teams trying to facilitate the best we can um, to make it the best for our players and our teams. But we also have to make the money, and our kids like playing on national television. Did, have you seen an effect uh, with uh, students in their, in their classes? Uh, no, not really, because with at our level, we take our tutors with us. They're able to proctor exams. We have study hall when we're on the road. So if we play a night game, our guys actually are having study hall on Saturday mornings or Friday evenings. Um, so with the, the ability we have to have all our tutors and, and different people, like Katie Basin's unbelievable, she'll, go, she'll proctor exams. That helps. If we didn't have that, yes, that would be tougher. But all the teams, I believe, have something like that. I know we do. And uh, so that facilitates that a little bit better um, to be not as um, intrusive on their academics. How do you think the rotation at outside linebacker with Collier, Carson Wells, and Drew Lewis has worked out so far? Uh, so far, I think it's worked out well. We've got a lot of speed on the field. Uh, we've got guys rotating in. Um, they, what I've noticed that they've been fresher as the gains have gone on um, and our pass rush has looked haven't always got to the passer, but we've harassed them. We've gotten there. We're more fresh. We're more athletic. Um, and I hope as the season goes along, um, I believe that will carry out dividends and will help us in some situations where we got to get some pass rush without being able to have to blitz. And I think having those athletic guys out there and rotating them in keeps them fresher and enables them to be um, at a higher tempo and a higher speed late in the game. Mike, do you expect defenses to start basically spying LaVisca Chenault wherever he lines because you guys play in so many positions? I think they'll try to find him, but uh, Chev has done a phenomenal job of moving him all around, and that's hard to do. And the great thing about his Visca is um, understands football and is very bright, and he can be able to move around different spots. And then also when you do that, our other players on offense at the receiver spots have to know other places to play. Chev does a great job of teaching all those guys. And even when we, if they do that, then our quarterback knows of what's happening, where we're going. All our reads, all our throws are on reads anyway. Um, so um, we're moving them around. You know, there's certain situations we're trying to get ball, guys balls in certain different ways. Um, but we also, when we move them around, it can be definitely a decoy, which opens up another guy. Um, so our, our quarterback completely understands that, and Chev's done a great job of utilizing that with him. Coach, what challenges are presented to your defense just with having to prep for two potential quarterbacks that you might face on Friday? And how, how has the defense as a whole been just uh, observing film and practice and just in anticipation of that? Yeah, every time you say prepare for two quarterbacks, I kind of have a, uh, a breakout in a cold sweat um, from the Arizona game a year ago. Um, so uh, it, um, we prepare for that. There's certain things that uh, I think I think Chip, he, he's really an excellent football coach. He's going to run his offense. And then whichever guy's in there, we'll kind of get a feel to if one guy is more of a 
you know, they're throwing the ball downfield or they're doing more drop back or they're doing more sprint out. You just kind of get a feel for that. Um, but from the little bit I saw um, their quarterback play in the first game uh, against Cincinnati, it was basically the same offense. And, uh, um, and uh, so I think that it will be similar. It's hard to prepare two offenses or two to- – they'll, they'll pick certain plays that the guy's better at and they'll do more of, uh, but that's usually hard to find out in one game. It kinda, you kind of get it as the quarters go along, hopefully. Um, but you just – hopefully your defense is able to adjust um, to different things, and, and we teach them that. They understand that. Every defense is supposed to work against everything, just like every offensive play is supposed to work against every defense. So uh, – uh, but we'll be ready for either one, and hopefully we can adjust. Mike, fair to say that Chev has been a contributing factor to the success of this offense so far this season. How much is that for you, also a double-edged sword, where you like the success? Also, with the trajectory he's on, you're going to want to keep him, and he's a rising star, it seems like. Oh, I think all our guys are rising stars. I really do. We have some um, great um, uh, coaches on our staff. Um, and the, the, our offensive staff works really well together. I think a big part of our success has been Clayton Adams, you know, being able to handle all the different things we do offensively. The offensive line, that puts a lot of stress on them. And he and Chev and him work really well together. And, and um, you know, Coach Hagan with the running backs, all the things we're doing there there. Because, you know, sometimes LaVisca's in the backfield and other guys are in the backfield. So that also goes on Coach Hagan. And then um, Coach Bernardi with our multiple tight ends because – a lot of times, um, Chenault's playing a tight end spot. So it's a combination of all of them. Of course, Kurt Roper getting our quarterback to understand all of it and do it all. Um, I think that's a, quite a great mix of magic there. Um, usually when you have staff, sometimes there's egos. Everybody has a little bit, everybody's dropped their ego and worked really well together. Um, so I think that's extremely important um, on how they're doing on that. Inside backer, I know you guys rotated Nate Lamina a little bit in the last game, but he and Rick are playing a lot of snaps. Do you expect to get Akil Jones back at some point? And if so, what could he kind of have? Yeah, um, you know, Akil Jones hurt his ankle. Um, he's practiced really well the last two days. We expect Akil to be ready Saturday, Friday, <laughs> unless we have a, a setback, which we've had before happen. Uh, but so far, um, Akil would be a guy that we would do there. Yeah, um, you know, Nate and um, Rick have done really well in our in our what we call our base front or buff front. Um, and then when we go to our nickel front, um, Nate's out, and we've got um, we just move uh, Drew inside to, to Jack. Um, so that that's worked out real well, and I think that's given him a little bit of rest. Nate can also play Mike, um, and uh, so you can see that happen from time to time if 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 Rick got tired or that type of thing. And then uh, of course you got to kill Jones and Jonathan Van Deest who are getting more and more practice time coming coming on, coming on. You know, Jonathan got a lot more reps in practice with the kill being out, so that's helped Jonathan come on too. What is the biggest difference when you watch them on film between Dorian and Wilt that sticks out to you? Uh, you know, Wilt, you can just tell Wilt um, has, you know, played a lot of football, dropped back in the pocket, uh, and, uh, you know, probably, probably just a little more understanding of coverages and everything right now. Um, Dorian is um, a phenomenal athlete that has made some really good throws and I think is getting better. I, I've watched him. I thought he played really well in, in, in times in the Oklahoma game as he started kind of getting his feet wet a little bit. And uh, I, I think he's an excellent athlete. I think they both can run their offense. And uh, I think it's just whichever one they decide to choose or, or, or how um, who's healthy, that type of thing. Um, um, it, it seems like they'll probably sprint out a little bit more with um, Dorian 
Um, he's a little bit shorter to get him out of the pocket to see a little bit better at times, but they're both really good players, and they can do everything they want in their offense. Coach, uh, when you look at UCLA during your time here, uh, it's a program that's generally had CU's number, except for a couple of years ago here, the last time here, and you've had a couple wild games against them during that time as well. When you talk about developing a rivalry within a league, are they perchance a team that, uh, especially for your older guys, maybe riles the emotions a little bit more or feel like you owe them a little something? Yeah, uh, they have um, got our number. Um, we've had some unbelievable games out here. I remember the, the double overtime game out here when the student body was moving from end to end and had our opportunities to win it and we didn't. Um, and then the game we had down there with them and the heat down there, and we ran, I think we ran, we ran the most plays in regulation any team ran all year. We ran 114 game plays in a regular, in regular 60 minutes and, you know, screwed it up and lost that game. Um, so, uh, and then we had the game here on a night game on a Friday night. Um, that was a, a great game, and uh, Isaiah took the punt back and kind of sealed the deal. Um, they, they, and then last year's game was back and forth and back and forth, and we had the go-ahead touchdown that got called back. And um, So I, our guys know that it's going to be, I think, the separation in the games, the last games, if you put four or five together, I think it's like a five-point difference in all the games. And uh, so it's going to be a heck of a battle. And, and you know, they've always had good athletes, and um, they have a great history of, of football, and so do we. So uh, our, our guys are looking forward to playing. You know, our guys know each other off those teams. A lot of our kids from California. Um, you know, there's actually two brothers playing in this game, Diamond Lee and Donovan Lee. Diamond plays for them. Donovan plays for us. So, there's you know, they kind of know each other um, well. Everyone's kind of focused on the two quarterback situation that UCLA has and how you have to prepare for them. But their defense has struggled so far this year, giving up over 37 points a game. What have you seen on film from them? Uh, well, number one, they've played three really good offenses. Um, you know, Cincinnati's putting up points in every game. Of course, Oklahoma is putting up points in every game. And uh, Fresno State, um, they did really well last year, and they're excellent offense when you watch them on film. And uh, so I think that's part of it. Um, the, the second part, you know, you have a new they're, – they're all new. The whole staff's new. Defense is new. They've changed their defense from the year before. They were more of a four-down front. Now they're more of a three-down front. So that takes a while to adjust to. So they've played three games. They've had a, a bye week. I expect them to be much better on defense because now they can go back. The kids can see what they've missed mistakes on. They can go over it. They can work with it. And so hopefully we've improved in that amount of time too. Um, but they're, you know, their outside pass rushers are really, really athletic. Um, number 15, I, th- I think he was the number four ranked player in all of America coming out of high school. As a freshman, he was phenomenal. He's a really good player. Um, and so um, the, the other two guys, number 11 and 97, they kind of all look like identical guys. They're all like six four and a half. They all can run like the wind. Um, so I, I expect them to, to play well, and I, we're going to have to play really well on offense. With the schedules made so far in advance, you know it, it's tough to know what a team's going to be like when you're, the year's coming up. What's it been like for you to see the teams you've beaten not continue to have any success? Mm-hmm. I, I think that, that the beginning of the season, it's still so early in the season, um, you know, anything can change. And I think that, uh, you know, sometimes you have injuries throughout a, te- a season that, that bother teams um, and, uh, and go from there. Um, and uh, I think, it's, it's, you know, we've just played three games. The season's really early. 
Um, hopefully we can keep our momentum going, and I think some of the teams that we've played, they'll click in and get going. Um, that's just kind of the way it is. You've got to fight through different peaks and valleys as the season goes along. Um, you know, I, I think the NFL is a good example of that. A lot of teams start out, and everybody's, like, worried about them, and then all of a sudden at the end of the year, the teams they were all talking about at the beginning of the year, they're not even in the playoffs. Um, and I think you just got to keep playing. How is uh, this incarnation of Chip Kelly different than the uh, incarnation at, at Oregon? I have no idea. I wasn't around when he was went to, to Oregon um, or coaching against them. I, I do I, – I, their scheme is good offensively, defensively. Uh, he knows what he's doing. Um, and uh, it, it just takes a while sometimes. You know, when – the only thing I will say is when he took over at Oregon, he had been running the offense, right? And um, – uh, they, their defensive coordinator, Coach Alali, had stayed there. So, I mean, it really wasn't – there wasn't a change. You just switched the head coach and they went off running. When you come in and you're changing everything uh, and nobody knows you, it's a whole different world. And uh, it, it takes a while. And, um, and uh, I know Chip will get it turned around. I just hope it's not Friday night. Okay, hey, got a time for last question for Coach. Brian, go ahead. I just want to ask about Alex Kinney. It's been a couple weeks now. Mm -hmm. Are you more optimistic, less optimistic that he'll be able to return at some point this season? Uh, it, yeah, I met with the doctors on him this morning. We did. Um, everything is progressing really well. Um, he's moving his arms around and doing everything. We've just got to make sure he's okay um, and clear to go out. So he is, you know, he's actually catching footballs, you know, as a snap. Um, but he's got to be able to catch it everywhere and do everything and, and be able to do that. So um, I'm gonna, we're just going to keep meeting with the doctors and, and see how it goes. And we'll sit down each week at the beginning of the week and the end of the week and see how we are. Um, but he's recovering well and, um, and doing well. And um, he has a positive attitude. He's out there coaching up Davis and he's in the, in the meetings and he's out at practice. And um, so uh, I've been really pleased with Alex. And, of course, we'd love to have him back as soon as he's healthy enough to get back. All right. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. Um, oh, I got one other thing. Um, uh, when it, this um, Friday night we're doing, you know, our team does Be the Match um, for, um, you know, to, to battle cancer for bone marrow um, transplant. And so this Friday night at the game, it's the Be the Match night. Um, and so uh, they, they're, 4,000 of the students, when they come in, are going to get Be the Match T-shirts to register for it. Um, and then we have the big drive in April. They're also going to um, uh, a lot of the be the match people. Coach Tally, who was the head coach at Villanova, who started this whole be the match movement with the colleges, is going to be here and their whole whole organization. Um, and uh, you know we've had nine people match here, um, and the nine, nine people match in the nine years that I've done it, which is pretty awesome. And you know Derek McCartney um, is a young man that y'all know about that actually saved a life, and we've had some others too. Um, but that's one off our team. And so um, uh, we're excited about being able to help any way we can get the word out to get more people to register so you can save more lives. So um, this Be the Match on Friday night is a big part of our game too. All right, thank you very much. Appreciate it.